and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Happy June! Happy Pride Month! It's getting beautiful over here in the UK, although I will say we don't have AC in our homes, so I imagine it will soon become utterly unbearable in the coming weeks. I've personally started a new job this week. If you didn't know, in my actual real life, I'm a tech support specialist for tech startups, which sounds really boring, but you know, it pays the bills and keeps my brain going outside of mythical beings. Speaking of which, this week we're not even looking at a myth monster. How terrible. I'm taking us to a fictional land where the monster is so well placed and described that it's mistaken for a real mythical monster. Now if you love your Tolkien, this week will be your fave, because we are covering orcs, from technically UK folklore and fictional mythology. Orcs are a really interesting creature to describe as there are a couple of different descriptions of them depending on where you're taking them from. We have to kind of talk about the fact that these monsters are basically purely fictional and in fact aren't a myth monster at all if I'm being completely honest. But they are so massive in folklore and in the fantasy community too that I kind of have to talk about them and why shouldn't we? They're an awesome made up creature. There are technically two types of orc based on this idea of them being mainly created from one story and developed into another and continued on throughout the ages. The original orcs, we will be calling them the Tolkien orcs, and later on it will be the Warcraft orcs as the easiest way to identify them. Of course, I'll be focusing on Tolkien first as these are the original. Tolkien orcs are described as goblin-like humanoid creatures that were hideous, animalistic and generally filthy. They were smaller in stature than most humans, but had large fangs and tusks, a variation of skin tones from bright white to dark, as if burnt. They had an intense allergy to the sun and would avoid it at all costs, much like vampires. However, later on their cousin species Urukai would be created to withstand the sunlight. There are also some records of half-orc, half-man beings who could also withstand the light. Don't ask me how these monstrosities came about. But how did orcs come about? So they were originally elves, but were deformed, tortured, and forced into dark caves, turning them into the dark creatures we know, who cannibalise themselves and others, morphing into something so opposite to the species they originated from. They would keep their pointed ears and elongated limbs, but suffer horrendous deformities. They were, though, really crafty, and generally quite clever, They were able to craft weapons, armour and machinery from metals and wood, and even craft tunnels and siege weapons if the mood took them. They were also still able to breed, and after the first orcs were created, they would sit out the wars of men in caves and mines, forming massive armies of cannibalistic, bloodlusting warriors, easily manipulated by the dark forces that linger there. They went on to be the largest race in the armies of the dark, serving the darker wizards and sorcerers, such as the ones we know, Sauron, Saruman. They were generally evil and sadistic, with a penchant for torture, whether they were serving someone or not. 
Depending on where they were from though, they would have differing languages. If they were from Mordor in the east, the heart of the Darklands, they would speak Dark Speech. If not, they would speak the Common Speech or Westron, meaning other races could also understand them, unlike the Dark Speech Orcs, who could only be understood by other evil races. So we have all this fantastic description from Tolkien, and we'll get on to how he got this idea for this horrible, tainted race later on. However, the idea of orcs that you might have in your head might be a little bit different, and I'm going to call them Warcraft orcs after the biggest and most popular franchise that uses them. Warcraft orcs are described as huge, humanoid monsters who embrace a tribal-like culture. They were usually green-skinned and built like absolute tanks, usually using animal skin pelts and metal for armour, and animals such as wolves as mounts or even hunting companions. Although these orcs are bloodthirsty, they also have a desire to belong and live in peace to breed and live out their customs. They would still have the tusks, and their skin tones could actually vary from white, green, red, brown, but it would usually be a clan-by-clan species of orc. The Warcraft ones would of course come after the Tolkien orcs, inspired by his creation of the former, and adjusting them to fit into tribal-based people. They would also eat the bodies of their enemy. However, it was rare that these orcs would cannibalise each other. They are also susceptible to dark magic. However, they can also operate outside of anyone else's control and live a peaceful, clan-based life with their families and traditions. However, if they were exposed to dark magic, they would be considerably more aggressive. They were able to stand in the daylight and live in all types of environments, including in the frozen mountains, the humid jungles, the arid deserts, or even in tribal-style cities. They also got on with other races, just not human, and they spoke the common tongue as well as Orcish, which is interesting, it's a racial concept that we'll actually get into later. Orcs in this context are born and are naturally occurring. However, depending on the universe we're talking about, they are usually an invasive race, which also links back to the racial issue that I mentioned a bit ago. Both races, though, would favour wearing armour, be that animal pelts or metals, and they would usually wield pole arms, swords, axes, maces, or crossbows, usually very heavy weapons, and they would also man siege towers, stuff like that. They generally weren't someone you mucked about with. This is especially if they've been imbued with some kind of dark magic, especially the latter orcs. They can possibly embody some of this dark magic that they've been given, sometimes being completely possessed by it and also having enhanced strength, agility and endurance. This moves us on quite nicely to etymology, which, if you listen to the Ogre episode, you might find a bit familiar. The word orc comes from the Latin word orcus, who was the Roman god of the dead. If you do want more information on this, I do go into it in the Ogre episode, give that a listen. Orcus was described as a giant who was incredibly ugly and aggressive, and kept in the underworld as a punishment. The word Orcus has both the terms ogres and orcs deriving from it, which nicely links these two monsters together as well. The word Orcus in Latin without the godly context though, means goblin, spectre or hell devil. And just orc in Old English means the same. Its use goes back as far as the 10th century in the Cleopatra glossaries, and was also used in the epic poem Beowulf, where they're used as another evil creature in this stanza. 
Thence all evil broods were born, ogres and elves and spirits. The giants also, who long time fought with God, for which he gave them their reward. In the original poem, though, that second sentence there is actually Etoneas und Ilfe und Orkaneus. You'll notice that the first word I said there, Etoneus and Orkaneus, are generally kind of the same word. They have that last ending. And the word orc is actually not being used for ogre, but for evil spirits in English. Now, that poem is in Old English, so that pronunciation is the best I could do. There's no YouTube tutorials on this. I tried my best. However, Tolkien, who realistically created this monster, had his own elvish definition for this word. He actually stated that the elvish word for orc was derived from a root ruku, which means fear or horror in elvish. Now, Erin, all that you've just said, literally the last nine minutes, has just all been made up. Why are you even covering this? They are very clearly a fictional monster. But as I've said, they have such a presence in folklore and fantasy writings that we can't really ignore them, and are so ingrained and well-described within this space that they are totally believable. I've counted them as a strictly English monster too, as Tolkien was of course English, and their name comes from an Anglo-Saxon-derived word, which again, mostly English. In regards to comparisons to other monsters, we do have a real presence in folklore here, and we can compare them to trolls, goblins and ogres, one of which I've covered in another episode, and we know that goblins and trolls come into the whole story of Middle-earth and are linked to the Tolkien stories. Trolls are often the muscle or mindless brute-like slaves serving the dark magic powers of Middle-earth, and goblins tend to live in the caves as this weird scuttering parasite. Now, speaking of races, I did mention there was an interesting racial history too. This actually translates into real-life racism as well. The idea of orcs are that they are an evil race from the East, and Tolkien even said originally, as he described them, this is legit what he said, squat, broad, flat-nosed, sallow-skinned, with wide mouths and slant eyes. In fact, degraded and repulsive versions of the least lovely Mongol types. In a private letter, he said that. Which, if you actually read into that, is immensely offensive. And as a white Englishman who was writing in 1919 in England, you can see how this use of language and slurs and the association of this monster to the East is very much of its time, but also immensely racist. However, this is actually backed up in other media with orcs though as well. As I said with the Warcraft ones, they are usually described as an invasive race from elsewhere, which the original occupants of the land seem to racially discriminate against and attempt to push them out or alienate them with violence. Actually, a perfect example of this is the Warcraft lore itself, where the lore is based on the orcs coming through a portal after stripping their own world of its resources, generally struggling through a climate change, all of this, and needing realistically to find asylum and community resources in a different place, through the use of black magic, I will say. Then the humans and other fantasy creatures of the world rally against them to remove the threat of these huge, brutish tribal races. I think it's a really interesting concept and definitely says something about the creation of them in the Tolkien universe and even the small real-life folklore, as well as alternative media representations of them. Now, onto the fantastic modern media section for this week, as we've kind of touched on it here. 
this is kind of where the juiciest bit of content is for this week, as they are technically fictional monsters. We'll start with art though, as usual. I've got to tell you that although they've been around from the early 1900s from Tolkien, there's not really any formal paintings or pieces of artworks around orcs, unless you count the illustrations in the Tolkien books themselves. What I would really recommend this week is having a look at all of the independent art from the Lotra series, Warcraft and D&D franchises that have been drawn up by amazing independent artists. I'd really recommend these, they are so unbelievably cool and actually really varied from Tolkien orcs to Warcraft orcs and everything in between. In movies, we have a few like Bright, Warcraft, In the Name of the King, Futurama, Bender's Game, and obviously we have to talk about The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series as a big point here. Not only the noughties movies by Peter Jackson and the 2010 Hobbit series, but also the fantastic animated versions from 1978 and 1980 with possibly the catchiest song ever in the Lord of the Rings universe, which is ridiculous. It's like, whether there's a whip, there's a way. <laughs> I haven't watched it for years, so please forgive my interpretation. They're absolute classics and great adaptations of the Tolkien books, and obviously the Lord of the Rings series is possibly one of my favourite movie franchises of all time, so there's that. For TV though, we have Angel, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Wheel of Time, Star Trek, Disenchantment, Witch, X-Men Wolverine, My Little Pony and Friends, Delicious in Dungeon, Monster Mezume, Interspecies Reviewer, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, yes, that is something, and Voltron Legendary Defender. We have talked about Lord of the Rings, so with TV I can't not add that there's a new Amazon series called Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which is due out soon based in the First Age, so before all of this Sauron stuff happened, Galadriel's very young, all of that jazz, which is pretty much guaranteed to have orcs in at some point, I imagine. For video games, we have absolutely loads this week, so get ready, as we have the following. Aloids Online, Battle for Wesnoth, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura, Blackthorn, Dragon Age, Dragon Quest, Dungeon Crawl, Dungeon Keeper, Dungeon Maker 2, Dwarf Fortress, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, Endless Legend, Fairyland Story, Fallout, Final Fantasy, Golden Sun, Gothic, Halo, Heroes of Might and Magic, Hex, Kingdom of Loathing, Night Orc, Kohan, Last Armageddon, Spyro, Legend of Zelda, Lineage 2, Master of Magic, Minecraft, Mutant Football League, Of Orcs and Men, Akiku, Orcs Must Die, Paladins, Pillars of Eternity, Serious Sam 2, Soul Calibur 6, Spellforth, Thunderscape, Ultima, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Warlords Battlecry, Wizardry and Xenoblade Chronicles 10. My book recommendation this week is so easy. It's of course going to be Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series, the Hobbit series or any of the other spin-offs. They're absolutely breathtaking books, but my warning to anyone willing to attempt to reading them is that Tolkien, as amazing as a writer as he was, takes about six pages to describe a grain of sand. So they are very long and tough reads, I will tell you very honestly, I have never read Lord of the Rings, even though it is possibly my favourite film franchise of all time, because I am genuinely scared of the books. They scare me. My parents have read them once. They are absolute mega fans. It's a real commitment, that's all I'm going to say. 
If you do want to go a bit easier on the Tolkien front, I'd really recommend David Day's series on Tolkien lore. They are the most beautiful leather-bound books, and I believe you can get all eight for about £40. I've got about five of them. They have the most amazing illustrations and are certainly not as taxing as the actual Tolkien series. And it summarises the race, the dark powers, everything from hobbits to the ring wraiths, everything in between, all of the geography. There's an atlas version. They are fantastic books. I really, really recommend them. And they are a lot easier to read than the Tolkien series as they are more factual. If you do want more fact stuff, though, and not put yourself through any literature torture, have a read of Discover Orcs, Boggarts and Other Nasty Fantasy Creatures by AJ Sorter for a really great summary of British folklore monsters, especially some of those that are a bit fictional. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Well, based on the fact that they are realistically a fictional race of monsters, I'm going to have to say no on this one. However, I do love the Tolkien and the Warcraft series that embody this race so much within their lore, and I would absolutely love it if these were actually a historic race where we could say they've lived somewhere. Although, I suppose, how far were humans away from being orcish when we were Neanderthals? I suppose, I guess, that's up for debate. Either way, I think the orcs being so embedded into folklore and myth by just stories that we all know are fictional is a testament to Tolkien and his absolute crazy obsession with description. So much so that I can actually write a whole 15 to 20 minute podcast on them as if they are an actual mythical being, as people could possibly believe in they existed outside of this immense amount of lore surrounding them, even outside of the Tolkien series. But what do you think? Could orcs have really existed? Let me know on Twitter. I'd love to know what you think. Ugh, it's so good to cover something a little more fictional with so much information this week. I must say that I managed to write this episode in about an hour, which usually takes me around four to five hours per episode, as there's so much content on them. I actually sat in a Starbucks and a nice little local coffee shop in a shopping centre whilst writing this, with very limited internet access and a very large iced latte, which again, I wouldn't usually do, as I need the constant use of research sites. But this week, I just didn't need them. Next week, though, I am, because we're heading back over to the US of A for the first time in a little while, and we're covering another folklore legend rather than looking at a mythical beast themselves. We're going to be looking at the haunting myth of the black-eyed children from US urban legend. Don't answer the door next Thursday for this one. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. But come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. For now, stay spooky. I'll see you later, babes. <laughs>